Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting. College football week one is here. Yes, it is. I know we had a week zero, but week one is officially here. Let's break down week one today. We'll see if there's anything that stands out over this holiday weekend. I am Tom Barton from Sports Garden Network, everybody. Go check us out at sportsgarden.com on all the social media handles. You can go check us out at Sports Garden, G-R-T-E-N, and hashtag S. G-N. So we have games, look, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Five games. And I always say, look, restrain yourself. Don't go crazy, especially in week one where there's a lot of games. You're excited. You're sitting at home. Maybe you're grilling. You're having a couple of beers. You're doing whatever you're doing out there. Uh, Kind of restrain yourself. Take a step back. Don't get crazy. But it's a great weekend to build a bankroll. There's a lot of games out there that maybe you can have an advantage because the general public doesn't. And we're going to take a look at some of those games. So real quick, I'm not going to go over every game, but I'm going to try to touch on uh, some of the key games here. Elon Wake Forest on Thursday is quite interesting. Only because, look, the last time we saw Elon against a, a Power 5 school, they gave Vanderbilt everything they could handle last year. Everything that Vanderbilt could possibly handle, they threw at them. Elon was really good. They lost 42-31, but they came back late in the fourth quarter in that game. Kind of made Vanderbilt sweat in that game. But the problem is they lost their quarterback. They lost their quarterback, uh, Matthew McKay, who uh, was just everything for this team. I I mean everything for this team. In that game, he, he accounted for all four touchdowns, 400 of their nearly 500 yards. He was their second leading rusher with 500 yards on the season. He threw for 2,700 yards. And he's gone. They also lost some defensive players there. And and now they are gone. Look, Wake Forest is a massive favorite here. I think they take a step back without Sam Hartman. I get it. But Elon, my first instinct was I'm going to jump on Elon. I just can't get on him with how much he meant to the offense, uh, meaning McKay. UCF, Kent State, this line is up to 36 and a half. I think UCF is going to be a player. I do. I think UCF is going to be very good this year. I am very into UCF UCF. down in Orlando. They are going to absolutely wallop Kent State. But 36.5 is a large number. If you really do like uh, UCF to just kind of pour it on, they may score 57 themselves, right? So I kind of lean the over in that game. Rhode Island, Georgia State is interesting. Rhode Island's quarterback is coming back now for his sixth year. He, he has been a fantastic quarterback. He has two wide receivers that are also coming back with him. Rhode Island is, however, um, bringing back almost none of their defensive players. Their top five defensive tackles, the top five tacklers on the team are all gone. Georgia State should be able to get a lot of offense going. The number here is 57 on the total. I sort of like Rhode Island to keep it close, plus the 18, but the 57 and a half makes a lot of sense with a defense that's rebuilding, another quarterback coming back for a sixth year. I think Rhode Island's going to be able to score. And if you think Rhode Island is going to be able to score 
into the mid to high 20s, uh, this over should go over pretty well. I mean, this has the makings of, uh, you know, a 40 to 37 kind of shootout, and it goes skying way over. NC State-UConn, NC State's a 15-point favorite on the road against UConn up in East Hartford. UConn's a team that I want to keep an eye on. I think that they are developing. NC State lost a little bit. We know that. They lost, okay, they lost a lot of it. We know that. I'm not ready to go and take a shot at UConn yet, though. I, I just can't go out there and take a stab at a UConn team that I think will be better, but I'm not sure if they will. Uh, you start to look at, at teams like Missouri, South Dakota State. You like Missouri, South Dakota State's just an absolute mess. UAB with a brand new coaching staff. I gave it out to my members, guys. I like UAB season total under. Uh, with a brand new coaching staff, they're going up against North Carolina A&T, which is not a terrible team. Uh, getting 28 and a half points. I might be going with the underdog there as well. And then we have two games that are of general interest. Utah, Florida, the uh, Cam Rising situation. Look, you know, Utah had coach kind of joked. And he basically said, hey, you know, about his starting quarterback. I might wait until 10 minutes before game time to officially announce. But the line has gone down. It's at six and a half. People are expecting him to play. Look, I think Utah could beat Florida even without him, right? But I believed Utah in the first week of last season as well, and they sort of laid an egg. I think Utah's very good in the Pac-12. I think Utah's defense is really good, and that is the key to this game. Now, I like the over-under when it was 47.5. It's dropped down to 45, and I'm kind of pulling off a little bit here. Nebraska, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, seven-point favorite over Nebraska. Is it time for Nebraska? Look, there's a lot of changes going on in Nebraska, and for me... This is one of those games where if they win, we're all going to go, wow, here we go. But are we hoping they win more than we think they win, right? Is that the situation? We are hoping Nebraska wins. Uh, Minnesota is the better team. They're only giving seven. They are at home. This is a, a situation where I'm, I'm hoping Nebraska is better, and I hope we get a good game. Uh, but it's too early to kind of jump on Nebraska. Let's look at Friday's matchups. Not a lot of uh, premier matchups jumping out there. I will say this. Look, Michigan State's only a 14-point favor over Central Michigan, and that's for a reason here, guys. Central Michigan can play, and Michigan State is going to have a little bit of a down year. I think that that's going to be a lot closer than people anticipate. Same thing with Miami, Miami, Ohio. You know everybody's on top of Miami. Miami's going to be the team. Here we go. Uh, the Hurricanes are back. Miami, Ohio is a good team in their own right. Don't think that they're not, and they're getting 17, 17 and a half points. They could keep this thing close as well. I'm looking at the over-under there at 45, and that sort of jumps off the table at me. Louisville, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is an eight-point favorite against Louisville. Both of these teams are not expected to do much this year. I'm interested to see what Georgia Tech looks like. They are an eight-point road or, or uh, eight-point underdog, uh, but they're not really at home. It's a road game. It's in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. You'll want to consider that a Georgia Tech game, but it's really not a home game there. It's sort of a game where it's a neutral field. And then you have Hawaii against Stanford. Look, I told everybody that would listen all summer long. I liked Hawaii on the year. I thought Hawaii would be a good team as over the course of the year. And as the year went on, I liked Hawaii. But, guys, look, uh, you know, I said in game two, it was a situation that you look at Hawaii and you go, oh, yeah, you know, I don't like the travel. I just don't like the travel. So, um, you know, you look at this team and, and you go, the, you had to go to Nashville all the way back to the island. 
that getting three and a half points, I'd be on Stanford in most spots. I would be on Stanford in almost most spots here. But you look at Hawaii and you go, they're coming back to the island with all of that that was going on, all of the just absolute emotion that is going on in Hawaii, all of that just pure battle out for Hawaii, be the tribe, be the... It's a spot where you look at Hawaii and you have to say to yourself, guys, uh, you know, Hawaii is going to be coming and play with, with a ton, a ton of emotion in this game. And with all that emotion in this game, it's tough to go near it. I, I know the travel is going to be rough, but can they overcome that? I'm not sure. I, I really don't. And I have to lay up to the game because of that. All right, we move to Saturday, and the Saturday is the big slate of games. By the way, one more game on Friday. I, I just want to mention that uh, Kansas-Missouri State, no one's going to really pay attention to that. I think Kansas' offense is going to be fantastic this year. And there is no official line, but I saw a pre-line of 60 on the total. I think Kansas's offense can – I don't think they get there alone, but they may get real close alone. Okay, let's go into Saturday. Michigan, East Carolina, uh, the, the Jim Harbaugh self-induced you know, kind of ban here for the first three games is not going to impact Michigan. Not for this game. 36-point favorite, over-unders 51-and-a-half. It's not going to impact them here for game one. Um, but, but I just look a defensive first team with a new quarterback that likes to play defense and run. I don't like laying 36. I don't think that East Carolina is going to be able to score much, but could I see a 30 to nothing win 35, nothing win? Yeah, I could. Could I see a, uh, you know, 40 to 10 win? Yeah. Yeah, I could. And you know, you lose both of those. So I think it's a, a massively jacked up in a very, very high line here. All right. Tennessee, Virginia. Look at Tennessee, 28-point favorites over Virginia. They lose their quarterback. I don't think that Tennessee – look, I was very into Tennessee last year. I don't think that Tennessee is going to be the same team this year. Um, uh, Virginia is down. I want to set – I'm going to wait and see with, with Tennessee. I want to see what they have. The interesting game of the day, and actually I've had a couple, couple of guys text me and say, what do you think about this TCU-Colorado team uh, game? And, and what, what about this Colorado team? And Dion's there. You got guys going out there and professionals, uh, quote-unquote content creators, just going crazy and lifting Colorado up to, to massive heights, and they're the team, they're, all because Dion's there. Look, is still a three-touchdown favorite in this game, guys, right? And they are at Fort Worth. They are at home. They are the 17th-ranked team in the country. Uh, in case for people forget, they were just in the national championship game. I mean, TCU is for real. But they lost a lot. They lost the heart and soul of this team, including some other key, key, key pieces. I don't think that Dion's going to come onto the scene and just absolutely look great and take over college football. I don't believe that. No. But I also think that TCU's down a little bit this year. And if they were playing anybody else but Colorado, I'd probably be on the other team. I think that this line is wonky. I think that TCU should be favored by four touchdowns. They're favored by three. Why? Well, it's the transfers. I'm laying off. If there's, if anything, I'll lean TCU, but I'm laying off. Oklahoma, 35-point favorite of Arkansas State. I'm not going to touch on that too much. Iowa, 25-point favorite with a 45 total against uh, Utah State. If Utah State scores more than 10 points, I think we're going to be surprised. But Iowa, top 25-ranked team, you know their defense is going to be good. You know their special team is going to be good. And you know they're going to be coached really well. Um, they may pitch a shutout here. I mean, I, I look at Iowa, and I still worry about how much they're going to be able to score even with the idea now uh, that they can score a little bit. 
I, it's still one of those iffy sort of things for me. Look, I was hoping that this would be like like a 47 or a 48. Comes in at 45. I'm leaning the under for sure. Bowling Green, Liberty, just a real quick, a lot of people are on the under there. A lot of people are looking at the under in that spot. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. I get it. I'll be laying off, but, but I get it. Boston College taking on Northern Illinois. Boston College is only a nine and a half point favorite, and a lot of line and a lot of money is coming that way, and the line is not moving that way. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. You start to look down uh, the, the road here. Akron Temple, Temple nine and a half point favorite. I think Temple's got a shot to, to really do a number on Akron here. I, I, don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I just don't feel comfortable laying that kind of money with Temple. But they have a shot. Ohio State's 30-point favorite over in Indiana. Now, Ohio State, it's in Bloomington. Uh, Ohio State has a ton of new moving parts. 30-point favorite over Indiana. A conference rival on the road is too rich for my blood. Too rich too early in this spot. Washington, Boise State. Look, Washington, everyone's going to talk about Penix, and they should, and they're a 10th-ranked team in the country. I get it. Their defensive line, they have a guy that's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft next year. I mean, that is really the key. Can Boise State generate some offense? I think 14 and a half is a little touch too high. I had my number at 10 and a half or 11. It's a touch too high, so I'll be staying off, but it's worth watching. Wisconsin, Buffalo. I think Wisconsin one of those sleeper teams. I've said it all along. I think Wisconsin is a sleeper team. At 28 and a half, you look at them and you go, that's a lot of points to be given, but I think that Wisconsin is one of those teams that you go, yeah, you know, if, if someone's going to just lay the hammer, I can see them absolutely being that lay the hammer type of team. You go down the list here, and, and you know, you got a couple of interesting ones. USC, Nevada. Um, USC's defense is just non-existent. The over-under there is 66, but can Nevada score anything? And Nevada score anything, I don't know. Uh, Texas A&M, New Mexico, we just watched uh, uh, you know, Texas A&M say basically um, they're going for a national championship again this year. Of course they are. We know that. Uh, but it's the lay the hammer kind of 38 is just too much. 38 and 49, meaning that nobody, the linesmakers don't expect New Mexico to score. They're just not scoring. Washington State, Colorado State, I guess this is the game of the day, the most competitive game of the day. Washington State, 12-point favorite on the road in Fort Collins. I'll stay away from that one as well when you talk about, uh, you know, teams that people are going to pay attention. Oh, what about Alabama, Middle Tennessee State? Alabama, 39-point favorite with all the new, new moving parts that they have. Again, 51 is the total. They're basically not expecting Middle Tennessee to do anything at all. Uh, Illinois, only a nine-point favorite against Toledo. That kind of jumps out at you. Tulane, number 24-ranked team in the country, six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against South Alabama in what could be an interesting battle itself. Coastal Carolina, and uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks in all of college football, getting 14-and-a-half at night UCL against UCLA. Woo, I'm a little tempted. Coastal Carolina knows how to win, and I know that there are different coaches there and everything else, but they still have the quarterback. Uh, it's on the road. Uh, yeah, it's in the Rose Bowl. I get it. But 14 and a half points with what I think is one of the better quarterbacks on top five quarterbacks in the country. I kind of like that one. And then the two big games, um, even though one of them has a big spread, and that's Penn State's 20-point favorite over West Virginia. Penn State's got big things going on this year. They're the seventh-ranked team in the country. They have for a while been the third-best team in their own conference. But listen, 
That's that's uh, like saying you're the third best hitter in the 27 Yankees. It's still very good. I don't believe that James Franklin is a very good coach. I don't think that he's the guy to take them to the promised land. But against West Virginia, you don't have to take them to the promised land. You just got to cover the 20 and a half. North Carolina, South Carolina is the game of the day. It's going to be the ABC game of the day. This is Drake May on full display, number 21 team, uh, 21st ranked team in the country. The thing is, they, just, they don't play defense. I have no problem and no worry that North Carolina is going to score 64 and a half as a total. It's South Carolina. Uh, can they score as much? And, and I mean, that's really what it is. Offense against offense, who's got the ball last, a two and a half point spread. I lean North Carolina because I like Drake May so much, uh, but I'm also a little gun shy because of their defense and how bad it is. Sunday, we have three games. Rutgers, Northwestern. Rutgers is a six and a half point favorite. How many times do you hear Rutgers as a favorite? But with the turmoil in the offseason, Northwestern, I get it. San Jose State just looked terrible, but they did score a little bit, and they kept in it for a half against USC. They'll be at home catching 16.5 points against Oregon State. Oregon State, 18th-ranked team in the country. I wonder if that was fluky. USC took the kind of their eye off the ball, or is that a harbinger of things to come, that San Jose State might be better than people think. And then the premier game, to me, of the weekend is Florida State against LSU. Florida State getting 2.5 points in Orlando – Orlando's basically a home game for them. Well, Florida State has the best defense in the country. Okay, they have the best defense in the country. They have a guy that's top five in the Heisman. They have a good running game. I don't know about their receivers. LSU, meanwhile, LSU has a lot of good things going on, but do I think that they're all of a sudden going to become a national title contender because Brian Kelly had a good first year? No, I don't. I lean at Florida State here with the points. Probably a stay away game between a five and an eight, but I lean Florida State with the points. And then we have Clemson at Duke. Clemson is the number nine ranked team in the country, giving only 12 and a half points to Duke. I find that really weird. That's a Monday night game. I find that really weird only because it's Clemson. It's a big name. We know the big name that that they are, and we know the big name um, that they can be. And you look at this and you go, man, that, that that's all they're doing. Look, to me, if you're asking me over the course of the weekend, the three big ACC teams, North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson, are all being underrated by the sports bettors out there in the, in the sports betting community. Money coming in against them in almost all three of those games. All three games are going to be on national TV. Um, if you believe in the ACC, you can make a lot of money this weekend because I think that all three lines are skewed. I don't know if I'm going to touch any of them, but all three look skewed. I told you I like a, a lot of those totals, right? The totals are something that I like to concentrate on early in the season, especially between those under-the-radar type of games. Uh, those totals are really something to pay attention to. So that is a, a way to build your bankroll. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Enjoy week one and your holiday vacation. Next time you hear from me, we're going to be previewing week one of the NFL. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. I am Tom Barton for Sports Garden Network. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.